0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
2: I'm Phil Briggs, and this time on Deal With It. So I received um, the knock on the door from the two
0: men in their dress blues telling me that my brother wasn't coming home. Just kind of rock bottom in their life and in their career. I was numb.
2: Now, before we talk to our guest, Miss Christy Berkey, I want to paint a picture for you. We'll start back in May of 2009 at RFK Stadium watching The Offspring rock out on stage. Specialist Ronnie Wildrick. He had a way of making everyone feel good. Over some beers and a day-long concert, Ronnie introduced me to about every cute girl we saw. (laughs) He never knew him, but this tall, dark, and chiseled soldier could win over people in an instant. And whether it was a concert or a backyard barbecue, his presence made everything we did together fun. He was stationed at the Old Guard, the 3rd Infantry. Traditionally known as the Old Guard is the oldest active duty infantry unit in the Army. The old guard is the Army's official ceremonial unit, and escort to the President, and it also serves as security for Washington, D.C. So while he was there, Ronnie presented colors at events like the Daytona 500 and I think even the Super Bowl. But when his tour was up, like so many before him, he was called to serve and ended up in Afghanistan. And there he guarded us, in a land far away amidst circumstances that are sometimes hard to understand. One day... Under what I'm envisioning is the hot sun, it ended. With fire and smoke, and when the dust settled, Ronnie had given the ultimate sacrifice. Keeping us safe. So, what's next? What do we do? How do we feel when something like that happens to our family? And our next guest, Miss Christy Berkey, is a Gold Star sister. To the very Ronnie Wildrick we just heard about, and uh, also a friend of mine. Christy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to hear from you. I always love talking to you. Thank you. Me too. It's been a while. It has been. It's been too damn long since we were in the backyard drinking beers with your brother, and I'm just really happy to have you join me today because, uh, one, you're a friend of mine, and, two, you have experience as a Gold Star family member that I think everyone can learn from. So talk to me about, well, your journey and how it all began.
0: So I received um, the knock on the door from the two men in their dress blues telling me that my brother wasn't coming home. Hmm. At first, you don't believe it because it can't possibly be your family member. They have their own name. But it sinks in when they, um, they don't leave and say, oh, you're right. Just kidding. Yeah. Right. So uh, I had the the task of informing my mom and that's heartbreaking in itself and the task of uh calling the family members and letting them all know it's almost like you're in a haze you don't really um you're not really thinking you're just acting uh, moving through what you need to do getting through the day Um, all the way through the services and the memorials and and all of that uh, when it's a military uh might not happen as quickly as a normal service. We waited a month for Ronnie to get his place at Arlington. And within that month, we had, you know, all of the processes that you have to go through. I was numb. I I cried that first night, but then I was numb. I had to take care of everybody else. And a lot of um, siblings have that role. And I'd love to say that your, your grief starts right away and you move through the grief process, but everyone is different. Um, some people do grieve right away. Some people get stuck in certain spots. I got stuck on the disbelief. This isn't real. I was numb for quite a few years. Um, used whatever I could to stay numb, you know, keeping myself busy. And when it finally clicked that Ronnie wouldn't want me to be living like this I started to grieve I you know turned into a, a crying little girl for a very long time and learned to appreciate his life and celebrate him and then you have to find something uh, something to honor them or to to do in remembrance of them it is the best thing in the world to put a smile on someone else's face in honor of my brother or to share his story. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure you have many that you remember. <laughs> yeah. um, it makes people laugh. You know, you think back on it and you laugh and you share that with someone else. And now they know who Ronnie was and what an amazing person he was. And they wouldn't have known that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've told countless people about uh, the birthday party we had. I think it was in your backyard. <laughs> uh, that was fun. That was one of the more fun parties I've been to. <laughs> I think he had I think he had a stick of beers taped together that was about as tall yeah. as he was. And uh, that's saying something, because I think he was like 6'5 or something. Yeah, He was 6'7. Yeah, right? Okay, 6'7, and there he is. There we are, swimming in your kid's pool with like all of our beers taped together. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. So we remember the good things and we try to move yeah. past it. What were some of the first organizations you reached out to to, you know, cope and deal with the situation?
0: One of the first ones for me was um, TAPS. It's a tragedy assistance program for survivors, and it's for military survivors. In any form, friends, family, in any uh, situation, whether it be KIA, suicide, you know, passed in their sleep at 90 years old, which is what we hope for. Um, This organization was founded by a survivor. I believe it was her husband. And she saw that there was really no resources out there for anyone. And they set up these seminars. And the first one that I had gone to was on Memorial weekend. And it's called their national seminar, I believe. And you bring your family. My kids came. Um, And I went down there, and they have a grief camp for your children. Um, They pair them up with a military, active duty, or veteran, and they go through the weekend with this person, this mentor. They teach them how to grieve, um, how to get through the process, how to find tools to get through the times when they are upset. And maybe they don't want to go to their parents or the adults because they don't want to make them cry. Uh, Jillian, my 10 year old, her very first uh, mentor there, is still her mentor today. This woman comes back, she spends the weekend with Jillian and Jillian is able to call her when she's upset. And I've seen through the years that my daughter has gone from crying every day, missing her uncle, to now when she starts to get a little bit upset, can I call Rosie? And she picks up the phone and is smiling when she gets done. She's found the tool for her. They also do it for... Yeah, (laughs) it it gives me goosebumps every time I think about it. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't have to be a son or a daughter of a military... um, You know, you don't have to be a son or a daughter to go to this camp. You can be a cousin, you can be a niece, a nephew, you know, grandchild. It doesn't matter. You're a child of a a military veteran there to help you.
2: We're on the phone with Christy Berkey, a gold star sister to a fallen service member. And uh, what advice would you have for people dealing with that for the first time right now? Maybe someone just like yourself, a sister.
0: Well, first I would tell her that her grief is her grief. There is no book out there that will tell you how to do it, how to get through it. Every stage in your life, will bring about a new set of grief. I would also tell her to find something that connects her to that family member that she lost that will allow her to give back. I think back to um, a night with Ronnie and he was very upset about losing um, a brother in the military to suicide. And one of the very first things that I decided to do was to join a veteran organization in honor of my brother and to help the veterans out there not to fall victim to
2: that. And so, Oh wow. So, so you kind of immerse yourself yeah, in a volunteer I cause did. that was theirs. What's the organization that you linked up with?
0: Well, originally I linked up with an organization called 22 kill yep. and they're a, they're an awareness um, organization for suicide. They have a buddy system. People will give up their time to contact veterans that may be in need. A lot of good comes from this organization. And since then, almost six years later, I'm now a part of an organization. It's a very new nonprofit called Hometown Battles that is working on the other end on the issues that might escalate someone to get to that point of wanting to commit suicide. You know, I can't pay my bills. I don't have any food. I don't know how to take care of my kids, anything like that. There's so many things out there. You don't have to think about, you know, okay, well, what should I be doing? You think about what would my family member like? What what would honor them the best? What would be something that would move them? And it gives you that connection. Be a part of this family you would never want to be a part of and let us help you.
2: So cool you use the word family, too, because you now literally have brand new brothers and sisters. I mean, you weren't born and raised with them, but they are, in effect, your new family.
0: Exactly. There are groups at, um, for instance, at the TAP seminars. There's groups for every type of family member and situation. Me specifically, I go to the siblings groups, and there are a group of siblings. I just saw a picture on Facebook the other day from two or three years ago. And most of them are coming back and we connect with each other and we can build each other up and just listen if if we're sad or crying or upset or angry. And there's groups for everyone. They also do these retreats. I went on a retreat to California to go whitewater rafting. I don't do that. But guess what? Ronnie would do that. And I went and it was amazing. I did it. I went down this rapid and I didn't fall out of the boat. It was amazing.
2: <laughs> I can only see the and look are, on your face. You must have been oh, terrified. <laughs>
0: there's a video. It's not for me. <laughs> but, I, you know, I'm learning to um, embrace the other families that are out there. And it, it is. It's a family. People remember you and they remember your story and they remember your family member. And it feels so good to walk into a room and say, oh, my gosh, that's Ronnie's sister. You know,
2: and they know my brother. Mm. So great to hear that, Christy. If you're just joining us, we're talking to gold star sister Christy Berkey, whose brother, Ronnie Wildrick, gave the ultimate sacrifice in Afghanistan. And we're talking about ways to cope, ways to deal with all that. And I'll say this, uh, the way you're dealing with it is also through physical fitness. Uh, I see you on Facebook and have seen the pictures over the years. You are alive, you are thriving. I mean, you look good. (laughs) And I certainly hope you don't mind me saying that.
0: You can say that as much as you want, actually. And it was. I actually was introduced to a local place here called Soldier Fit. And, of course, the name, I was like, hmm, what is that? And it's a fitness program that's based on the military. And I had seen it, my friends were doing it, and I was like, "No, nah, it's not really for me. And when I went to see it, it was a family situation. And now I don't do group well, but they were supportive and they understood. And they actually dedicate rooms in their facilities to fallen soldiers and fallen military members. The main room is dedicated to my brother. There's a plaque on the wall with his story and his picture that a a friend of mine um, had written. The gym portion is in honor of another fallen veteran. And I got hooked on that feeling of family there and exercise best for fighting depression and grief and all of that. You can't be sad and crying when you're trying really hard to lift the ten pound weight and, you know, not drop it on your face or, you know, run the two (laughs) miles or whatever it is that you're doing. You can't, whatever fitness level you're at, you you can't think about anything else but oh my gosh, my body hurts and is this almost over. (laughs) But it's great afterwards. You feel energetic and you feel confident and that's what kind of propelled me into, you know, you need to get out of your your grief. You need to get out of your head, and you need to start living, and realize that you know you can't change this.
2: Man, I I gotta stop. I, I'm not crying in my box of cookies per se, but I do need <laughs> to put them down and uh, get up underneath one of those big tires or a bench press because uh, because uh, <laughs> you look inspiring. And from the bottom of my heart, just want to say thank you, thank you for sharing your story today with us, huh? Thank you. After talking with Christy, it was clear. Sometimes great things are born out of the worst tragedies. The TAPS program has certainly given her tremendous strength and the opportunity to heal. But what could they do for today's veteran? So I spoke with TAPS founder Bonnie Carroll and posed her that question. Why should a veteran, possibly one dealing with some issues of their own, get to know TAPS? When TAPS was first
3: looking for ways to support our service members and veterans who are also grieving a loss, we found there wasn't much interest in coming to a support group, but there was tremendous willingness to volunteer to be a mentor to a grieving child. So we've got a great training program. We have now over 8,000 service members and veterans who have been trained to work one-on-one with a grieving military child, and they come together initially at one of our camps we do big national camps. Uh, over Memorial Day weekend, we have 500 military and veteran volunteers coming to support 500 kids. And then we also have camps running all through the year all over the country. But this is an opportunity to really kick off the uniform and put on that mentor T-shirt and be present To a military child, to honor your fallen battle buddies by being there for the children that have been left behind. And really, through the eyes of a child, learn coping skills, talk about grief and loss and trauma in very open, honest conversations, but in a setting that's private. You know, we do uh, our groups by age, so uh, we'd be dividing kids up age appropriate and the little the groups would sit together with their mentors and with a facilitator and uh, just talk about loss talk about military service it's extraordinary how the kids connect so profoundly with their military mentors and really really come to rely upon them so i hope folks listening will will think about volunteering go to taps.org and it's very easy to just click volunteer and and step up and be there for a military kid.
2: Do you find that those vets that are dealing with some PTSD or just generally dealing with some anxiety and things that becoming a mentor sort of is cathartic and helps them actually become better themselves by giving to others?
3: We have found it has been so therapeutic. You know, a lot of our longtime mentors now who are absolutely, they've, they've graduated up to become group leaders and they're, they're really involved with the organization, first came to us after a suicide attempt. And uh, we're just at kind of rock bottom in their life and in their career. And someone kind of drugged them along to come volunteer and do this. And uh, they said, you know, being able to be with a group of my battle buddies, but setting in a setting that wasn't about me, it was about these children, and to have a child just grab me and say, you know what, I need you. uh, It was incredibly healing. And to be able to talk about grief and loss and trauma in such a raw, honest way, as children can do, to be able to put words to some of the, the things that have occurred, The things that these kids have have known from what they've heard, what dad has said, what they may have seen on television or in movies, and to be able to talk about it. But in a setting that's facilitated by professionals, it's extraordinary. Mm. It's absolutely amazing the healing that takes place for the children. We really hope our veterans and military members will consider signing up and being part of our military mentor team. I would encourage your listeners to check out TAPS.org. We've got incredible resources right there on our website. You can call us anytime, day or night at 800-959-TAPS. We are available. And please volunteer. Get involved. Share your story. Reach out, whether it's to become involved as a mentor or to connect a surviving family with all the support resources that we have. Please get involved. Make a difference.
2: The mentors and survivors that are in the TAPS organization are deeply committed to helping one another. And you can hear it in the story of Ellen Andrews as she mentored Kelly Haslett.
1: For me personally, being able to connect with someone who had that shared experience of grief was so vitally important. It helped validate the emotions that I was feeling and give me an opportunity to express those feelings and to have someone that had an empathy and I knew that they had an empathy because they had walked that same journey. I started speaking with Kelly very shortly after the death of her husband Mark and we talked on the phone for several months and we met at the TAPS 1997 National Seminar for the first time. We were able to connect even further in person and it really solidified our relationship. Not every pyramidal relationship will develop in this way but My friendship with Kelly has grown over the years and goes beyond the grief and the trauma that affected both of our lives. I couldn't connect with anyone my age to share the story and the loss of my husband Mark's accident. I was told by many not to focus on his accident and simply move on. After talking with Ellen over the phone for several weeks and months as my TAPS peer mentor and many folks at TAPS, and then I was able to meet so many at my first seminar in 1997, my world changed forever. Ellen and I's relationship as a mentor-mentee did change and it blossomed into a a beautiful friendship for many, many years. Some connections are, are very close and some connections are just that support.
2: After watching the video of the story of Ellen and Kelly, I must have watched four or five other videos. The gallery was full of incredible touching stories, mentors helping kids, women helping women, big burly tough guys helping other big burly tough guys, the kind of things that really renew your faith in mankind. I discovered a lot when I clicked around the TAPS website, all kinds of things, resources and programs, events and individual stories, but I found something under Taps magazine and an article that actually kind of spoke to me. It's titled "Godwinks: Special Gifts from Our Loved Ones." The author is Barry Landrum. In this story, he wrote, "When I first came to Taps, I'd never heard the term Godwinks. I remember feeling quite confused when a coworker mentioned a Godwink story in our staff meeting. The meaning of the term was clear from her experience." It was of a special song coming on the radio at the exact moment she was feeling alone and missing her parents. The song had always been one she listened to with her mom. And it seemed a providential sign coming through her car's speakers to touch her heart and ease her mind. Don't we all long for a crystal clear sign that our connection with our loved one is not gone? They are still out there in whatever celestial or physical space you wish to embrace. They still love us and want us to know that we're in their care. It can seem silly at times to expect that in the vastness of the universe, our need for affirmation will gain any traction. The expectation of waking up to a message in the snow, or finding your loved one's lost keepsake after all these years seems, well, unrealistic. But small moments of communication and reassurance happen for many survivors, who recognize coincidences, chance encounters, miraculous interventions, and other signs as flashes of certainty. Think back to how our loved ones may have given us the same reassurances in real life before their passing. Perhaps they shared a wink from across the room, or called on an unexpected day simply to say, Hey, what's up? I'm thinking of you. In my case, my buddy Ronnie, I hear him when I hear the offspring. And there are times I hear it when I definitely don't expect to hear a rock band playing through the speakers. Like just a month ago when I was at the dentist. Pretty sure that was him laughing at me for crying. The article goes on to say, if they reached out to us in direct ways when they were living, is it really all that hard to believe that they'd reach out to us from the next place? Whether it's the Gold Star families or the military veteran looking to give back, there are organizations that assure us that the pain of loss is not greater than the joy of living. And they serve as constant reminders that we get through this, but we only get through it together. I'm Phil Briggs, and that's Deal With It. For stories like this and many others, check out Connecting Vets dot com